When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Blush Podcast. This is Heva, and I have my beautiful co-host Tiffany with me. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. If you have not listened yet to last week's episode, after this episode, go back and listen. We talked about our friendship and we shared all the crazy, ridiculous shenanigans that we got into when we were much younger. This was not recent shit that we talked about. And it got Heva and I thinking a lot about friendships in general. And we've been really lucky that even when we didn't speak for a period of time, we've always had a really great friendship. But not all friendships are that great. And they can be sometimes really toxic. And we've both been in toxic friendships. Sometimes we've been the toxic one. Sometimes the other person has been the toxic one. And we decided, you know what, let's let's talk about the fucked up friendships. We want to talk about our friendship styles, the types of friends that we are, um, what it means to be a toxic friend. We'll go into times that we've been toxic and what you can do if you find yourself in a toxic friendship and how to deal with a toxic friend in your life. Yeah, and just to point out, this isn't necessarily exclusive to female friendships. We're going to be primarily talking about the female friendships that we've had, but this can apply if you're a guy with your guy friendships. It's really not gender exclusive. It can also apply to just someone platonic in your life, a coworker, a family member. It's just someone that's in your life that maybe is doing these things that up until now you weren't even really aware of. And after listening to this episode, you could be like, you know what? I need to make some changes in this relationship because it's not good. It's not healthy. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Well said. So I guess we'll start off talking about our friendship styles because they're probably a little different. Heva, what's your, what are you like as a friend? Okay. The best way I can describe it is I'm the opposite of a fair weather friend. Like, you know, they say like, oh, the fair weather friend, like, Uh, When things are good, they're always around. But when you need them, they're never around. I'm the exact opposite of that. Like, I might not come to your birthday party. I might miss your wedding. I might miss... I'm not going to go out with you and celebrate, probably. (laughs) I'm going to be flaky as fuck. I'm just kidding. No, but I really... I might not be present for all of the good times. But if you need me, I'm fucking there. I've been to every funeral that I've ever been invited to. (laughs) (laughs) All the dark shit she will show up to. But if it's anything positive, (laughs) he was going to make a pass at that. (laughs) Honestly, as I'm saying this, maybe this isn't my friendship style. This is like maybe my mental health issues. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, but I, I truly am there for my friends when they need me. At the good times, I, I listen, I'm a little flaky. I can own it. I'll admit it. That's uh, it's who I am. I'm working on it. I'm getting better, but I am a little flaky. I just am. Right. It's not intentional. You're not doing it to hurt anyone. It's just kind of how you are as a person. Yeah, exactly. I am probably the least judgmental friend I know. You can come to me with anything and I won't judge it. I mean, all my friends, I feel like anything, fuck. And I don't know what this says about me, to be (laughs) honest. Like, what does this say? But you could do something super fucked up and tell me and I will always give you the benefit of the doubt. If you're cheating on your significant other, if you killed someone, I don't know. I mean, I've never had that happen before, but if you did, I really wouldn't, I really wouldn't judge it. And I also like a low maintenance friendship. I think I'm a relatively low maintenance friend and I prefer my friends to be relatively low maintenance. Like I don't need to talk to you every day. We don't need to see each other every day. We don't need to see each other once a week or even once a month. I'm fine with like twice a year to be quite honest. (laughs) Like that's completely fine. Obviously, if there's something going on, if it's a special occasion, if it's important, if you need me, I'm always there. But I'm not into the whole like, let's just hang out for the sake of hanging out. Like, I'd rather be alone. Yeah, I get that. I, yeah, see, I have extreme needs to be alone. So I completely relate to that. And there are times where friendships start to feel like romantic relationships and Like, if we're not fucking, we don't need to talk every day. Like, it's just not, like... No. It's just... And the mark of a real good friendship, to me, is when you can just pick up like nothing's happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't need to talk every fucking day, but let's just talk and be normal. I hate... I don't want to say this, but I I just hate like friends who need to constantly schedule phone dates. Like I don't want to have a phone date with you. Unless something significant is happening in your life that we need to discuss. I really don't care. And I'm so with you. I hate phone dates. It's been a little bit different this year because we've all kind of been home Mm -hmm. and I understand like, hey, let's catch up, whatever. This year I've sort of made a little bit of an exception to that. But overall, like, I don't want to do it. Stop inviting me on Zooms, guys. I don't want to join. I'm denying it. I'm rejecting it. I'm not showing up. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want anything to do with this. (laughs) So speaking of having friends that want to set up phone dates and are needy, I had a friend and we're on good terms. This was a while ago. I, I love this girl. I'll always consider her a friend. But she was the type of friend that was emotionally draining. She was the type that was phone dates, talking all the time. And here's the thing. That I could deal with and that I gave a pass on. What happened was there was always some sort of drama with her. Whether it was relationship drama, family drama, drama she was having with another friend... I felt like every time we talked, there was some bullshit going on in her life that for whatever reason, she felt like she needed to share with me. And to some degree, I understand. I think 
again, going back to the fact that I'm not a judgmental person, I think, you know, my friends can feel super comfortable coming to me about things. And I love that. And I'm totally here for that. It just got to the point where it was starting to affect my own emotional well-being because it was so overwhelming. I know what you mean. And I think that's really the number one sign of a toxic friend is someone who's emotionally draining like that. Like someone who basically treats you like you're their free therapist. I'll play devil's, not devil's advocate, but I'll play the other side and say that I've been that friend before too. Specifically when I go through breakups, I don't know what it is. Like a certain type of demon possesses my body and leads me to believe that this is the worst thing that has happened in the history of humanity. And so when I'm in that headspace, I'm like, well, I'm going through this thing that's so catastrophic. Why aren't my friends here for me? Which is insane. And really the premise is wrong. It's like, it's a fucking breakup. It's not that big of a deal. But like in my mind, because it's so extreme, like I, I mean, I've stopped being friends with people because I was like, you weren't there for me through my breakup. And they're like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you were going to act like your entire family had died. Like I didn't realize that you were going to act like you were like (laughs) the like single most uniquely harmed human being today. (laughs) You went through one sort of recently and we kind of went through it together. Mm -hmm. And I will say though, in defense of you, Hiva, I think you were like that for about a week and it was really, really intense, but it was also a week. And after that, you really did bounce back and you were fine. Yeah, but I mean, I hadn't been dating that person for that long either. (laughs) She'd been dating him for like three weeks and it was was literally just over a month. (laughs) But you own it. You realize you're like that. Yeah, but I'm aware of it and I'm working on it. Because usually I would say for the most part, I really don't emotionally lean on my friends at all. See, that's the key, I think, in everything that we're going to share is being aware of the shit that you do. And the problem is with friends is I think sometimes and this friend that I had, I don't think she was aware of what she was doing. And I genuinely believe if I had confronted her about it, she would have been super defensive. And I know this because she would say to me, so-and-so friend isn't there for me. This person isn't there for me. Like, I'm not talking to them anymore. And then I got kind of scared of like, well, shit, like if I'm not there for her, she's probably in some way going to cut me out. And you shouldn't be afraid to say certain things to a friend because you're scared they won't want to be your friend anymore. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Like, I, I think with you, after during that week when everything was really bad, I think if it had dragged out for like, let's say three weeks. I think if I had come to him and been like, Kiva, this is a lot. Like, I can't take it anymore. You would have been like, fair enough. Yeah. Like, literally, I think you would have been said word for word, fair enough. I, I mean, even if during that week you had said that, I think I would have been like, fair enough. Because <laughs> you're aware of your shit. And that's, you know, another huge toxic red flag is how open they are to constructive conversation. I had a friend that I was really, really, really close with for many, many years. And there were a few incidents in our friendship where I honestly really for the past 
eight or so years of our friendship, I've constantly felt like she has like kind of an attitude towards me. Like she, it's like she, something about me triggers her, but I wasn't fully like situationally and self-aware enough for a long time to really realize it. So instead what I would do is like just dog paddle harder towards her, like try to do anything to please her and make her like me and be happy with me. And there were a few incidents where I kind of pointed some, like I was like, hey, like you're just like kind of being nasty towards me. Like what's yeah. going on? And anytime I've tried to have a constructive conversation with her, it is without fail turned into her calling me names, like like calling me selfish, self-centered, uh, uh, like things that are true, by the way. I am selfish and self-centered. I just don't really see how that's related to the conversation. You know, I'm like, <laughs> hey, um, I'm a pretty needless friend for the most part, breakups aside, which I never put on her ever. I think if a friend calls me a name, which is just such crossing a line, I don't know how I could consider that person a close friend after that. Yeah. I've never called any of my friends a nasty name to their face. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really haven't. Like, you know, like the names like bitch, whore, like things like that. Like names. Cute. Of course. Like my bitch, my whore. I love you, you little fucking slut. Like that's different. But like to call your friends something nasty, there is never a fucking excuse for that. Yeah. And I do want to touch on that a little later when we talk about constructive conversation but yeah I I agree we've kind of been a little bit ragging on these friends that we've had that have been toxic and I'm going to kind of go into something a little bit different so when I first moved to California I didn't know anybody I had a boyfriend and we were doing long distance and I think a lot of times when you move to a new city the easiest way to meet people is if you're dating and I couldn't date because I was in a relationship so I became friends with this girl. She really took me in. She was really sweet. We'll call her Amy. Amy was wonderful. We were hanging out a ton and we would hang out a lot with her brother because they were very close in age. Amy was about a year older than me and her brother was who we'll call Sam. Sam was a year younger and we'd go out in groups. They were pretty close. At one point, she turns to me Because at the time when we became friends, she was actually going through a friend breakup. What had happened was one of her close friends had gotten feelings for her brother and he didn't reciprocate them and it got really messy and complicated and she kind of had to cut things off with this chick. And she turns to me during that and she's like, listen, Tiffany, like, I love you. Like, I love hanging out with you. One thing that always happens is my friends always end up hooking up with my brother. And I think a lot of it, this is what she said, is because we all hang out. He's a huge playboy. He's a huge player. And they start liking him. And then they end up hooking up. He's He never has feelings back. And it just gets so messy and complicated. And I obviously can't cut off my brother. So I end up cutting off my friends. So if one thing, just don't. <laughs> Tiffany, if there's one thing you don't do, just don't get involved with my brother. Like he's also a player you don't want to. He's a fuck boy. And I was like, oh my God, 
Amy, I'm in a relationship. Like, there's no way. And also, I wasn't attracted to her brother. I didn't really like his personality. I kind of thought he was a dick, to be quite honest. I had zero intention of hooking up with this guy. I was like, don't worry. You have nothing to worry about. So, fast forward. (laughs) We all know where this is going, right? So, So, fast forward a year later, Tiffany has just gone through a breakup. And if you've been listening to this show consistently, you know that when Hiva goes through a breakup, she goes crazy. When Tiffany goes through a breakup, she turns destructive (laughs) and she makes bad decisions. (laughs) And we were all going out. I remember this night so clearly. It was my birthday. For the first time in a really long time, I felt really hot about myself. I was newly single. Me and her were going out and her brother was the DD and he had brought along one of his friends. We go to a bar and I just felt so good. I was getting hit on. I think I made out with a few guys. Normal night, you know. (laughs) Honestly, now that I think about it, it wasn't that crazy. (laughs) I was in my element. If you're newly single, you just know you feel fucking good. And I got fucked up. I mean, it was my birthday. I was wasted. We go back to her house. They live together and she was really drunk too. She ends up passing out. And I remember I was still awake. I go into the kitchen. So I was like, I need to eat something before I can sleep or I'm going to wake up and feel like shit. And so I think he started like making me food or something. And it's a bit fuzzy, but one thing leads to another. And I have a very distinct memory of me sitting on the kitchen counter my legs wrapped around him and we are just making out. There is literally nothing hotter than a kitchen counter makeout. Yes. And he was making me food and he was just such an asshole and he was doing something nice for me and it was my birthday and I was obviously horny and we were just making out and I think I kind of was like pushed him away because I was like, oh, this is not good. Like sober Tiffany kind of came in and was like, what are you doing? So I end up falling asleep I wake up the next day and I'm like oh my god fuck I made out with her brother this is so bad I shouldn't have done that but in my head I'm like it was an isolated incident Mm. it was my birthday I was drunk it's not gonna happen again there's no point in telling her also I have one friend so like I can't (laughs) lose this situation like (laughs) I can't lose my one friend because I did something dumb while I was drunk so I don't tell her But somehow this like illicit thing that we did turns into this like really intense sexual tension between us. So hot. So hot. I know. It's so hot. And again, she hung out with her brother. So there was no way of me avoiding him. If I was hanging out with her, I was nine times out of 10 hanging out with him. So we're like going out to bars and he's just like undressing me with his eyes Mm. from across the bar and I'm like fuck like what do I do and it just turned into this crazy sexual tension where we'd go out drinking we'd come back and I'm drunk and next thing I know I'm in his bed and we're hooking up and like I can't stop doing it and it's like it's getting worse and worse like it's just teetering on this edge and I'm so far in I don't know what to do it got to the point where we started then hanging out one-on-one where he'd call me up and he's like, I'm in your area. Like, do you want to see me? And I was like, well, yeah. And then once it got to that point, and it was, by the way, purely sexual. Like, we really didn't even like each other for the most part. (laughs) I, after that, I'm pretty sure I started to feel really guilty. And 
I was so sucked in. I didn't know what to do. I'm 90% sure I ended up telling her. She might have ended up finding out, but she confronted me over Messenger. And she's like, the one thing I told you not to do, you did, which was hook up with my brother. And I felt terrible. I mean, I it's one of the worst things I've ever done, if not the worst thing I've ever done in a friendship. I felt so bad. I felt so guilty. I felt so ashamed. I was like, I'm so sorry. I got sucked in and then I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know how to tell you. I didn't know how to make it stop. There's no excuse. I'm so sorry. And she was like, you really, you really crossed a boundary for me. I can't trust you after this. I don't want to be friends anymore. And honestly, she had every fucking right to cut me out. I was the toxic friend in this situation. And that's where we get onto boundaries. And I fucking crossed a huge boundary. I've never done anything like that before. I felt so bad about it. But I did it. And, you know, she had every right to end the friendship. Yeah. Yeah, she did. And yeah, that's, you know, another red flag of a toxic friend, like someone who violates your boundaries. Before we get to setting boundaries, I do want to go over one other toxic red flag, and that's someone who consistently fails to show up. And honestly, I've been that friend. I've addressed my flakiness before, but it used to be really, really bad. Making plans with me, I mean, to this day is kind of a crapshoot, but (laughs) back then, especially, it's like, I'd say there's a 90% chance that I won't follow through historically. Now, now I'm, I would say I have like an 80% success rate nowadays. I'm very proud of this. But one thing I will say about that is when I was really, really flaky, I had a really bad eating disorder. I had pretty bad depression. And because of those two things combined with maybe some physiological things, I had very severe digestive issues. I mean, I was vomiting every day, not by choice, but because there was something really wrong with my gallbladder. I really mentally and physically couldn't show up a lot of the time. It was so bad. Like I was so sick all the time that I got sick of telling people I was sick. Like it got to the point where I was like, people aren't going to believe me. I really didn't have the capability of being a much better friend than I was. That being said, I think it's 1000% fair if any of my friends at the time had been like, hey, I understand that you're dealing with shit, but at the same time, you are literally not capable of being a friend. So why I'm not going to invite you to shit anymore. But I do think it's worth it if you have a friend who consistently fails to show up to have a conversation with them because you don't know what's going on. And also be cognizant of the fact that they might not be ready to share this with you. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't think you owe anyone any sort of explanation at all. Yeah. You know, if one of my friends, like if I reach out and they don't respond, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And if I can't give them the benefit of the doubt, then that kind of falls on me. It doesn't really fall on them. Always, always prioritize yourself. Yes. Because if you... 
if you don't, you're not going to be a good friend to yourself. That is the most important friendship in your life is to you. So be your own friend first. Don't put other people first. So I don't think, you know, I'm. it's terrible you are going through what you are going through. But I also don't think you owed anyone anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that was beautifully said. I mean, your relationship with yourself is the most important. And that really goes into setting boundaries Really, the first step is getting very clear and honest with yourself about what your needs are and what you want. Because you can't set boundaries if you don't know what they are. Like, I remember I would flake on a lot of things because I kind of just didn't, I'd kind of grown out of that. Like, I didn't want to go to fucking raves anymore. You know what I mean? Yep. Something you touched on, Hiva, is when you outgrow certain things, you also outgrow friends. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think this year for me and for so many other people, we've realized a lot of things about ourselves. We've realized how we want to live our life. And we've also been forced to live our life a certain way. And everyone's dealt with it differently and there's nothing wrong with saying you know what I want to live my life this way and maybe those friends that you've had up until now don't fit into that current lifestyle and I don't know what conversation you can really have with them other than kind of grow a little distant and that's okay yeah the only thing I would caution with that is make sure that if that is the case it's not because like they're embodying something that kind of triggers you keep your side of the street clean as they say in AA (laughs) no I completely get that make sure it's for the right reason you know at some point if you don't want to party the way you used to and you have friends who still want to party like that it's fine if you put some distance there I think 2019 we all were obviously going out so much more I still have friends that are going out and partying during all of this and look to each their own it's not even necessarily like the pandemic obviously the pandemic has made so many changes but me as a person the going out constantly I don't want to do I just don't want to live that life the drinking and the going out it's exhausting and it catches up to you and you realize it's just not fun anymore and maybe it took being kind of quarantined and being forced to stay home for me to realize that but now that I've realized that I don't think there's any going back and you know, there's certain people like my friends that I would go out with a lot. I don't, I can't really see as much anymore. Yeah. Just say no if you don't want to do something. And on that note, since you did touch on it right now, it's so important to have whatever your COVID boundaries are and make them known. You know, I have a close friend in this city, one of my favorite people in the city. Like if it were up to me, I'd be hanging out with her all the time. She's just amazing energy, love her to death. We met during the summer. We would hang out. We would do mainly outdoor things, but you know, she would come over or whatever. And then like maybe a month or two ago, she was like, you know what? Cases are starting to rise again. I don't want to be indoors anymore. Like if you want to go for a walk or something in the park, I'm happy to see you with our masks on, but I'm not going to come to your place. I don't want to go to an indoor restaurant. And she was very clear and direct about her COVID boundaries, and I can fully respect them. What I loved with that, Hiva, is that she communicated something with you and you responded so positively. 
That's a sign of a good friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do kind of want to touch on constructive communication really quickly because I think a lot of us have heard this like saying or whatever that you should use I statements, but then like people never know what to say. Like one of my exes would always try to use I statements and he'd be like, I don't like it when you're being a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone said that to me, I'd be like, so you never like me then, huh? (laughs) Is that the case? Cool, 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 cool. So you liked me for the first three times we met and after that started to hate me got it great great (laughs) yeah that's not an I statement that's just something you're adding an I to but you're really just calling someone a name (laughs) a constructive I statement is I feel blank when blank because blank so for example I feel hurt when you use a harsh tone towards me because it makes me feel like you don't love and value me. That would have been an example of something you could have said instead. And then followed up with what I need is blank. So he could have said something like what I need is for you to be a little more kind towards me or whatever, you know? I never ever will ever do anything to intentionally hurt someone so if I do something that upsets someone in any sort of way it was completely unintentional and I didn't realize it at all and I probably have no fucking clue I did it so if I do something I really do want my friends to be like hey Tiffany it kind of upset me when you did this and I will feel terrible about it but I have to say if someone called me self-centered or didn't like me because of that, I don't really fucking care. Because as I said earlier, the most important relationship I have is with myself and I'm not going to put anyone above myself. Yeah. So if I'm not doing something for you, it's because it's infecting me in some sort of negative way and I will not put your feelings above my own. And That applies to every relationship I have. And like we said in the beginning, the things that we're talking about and we're outlining, it's not necessarily just your friends. If there's someone that's exerting something negative onto you, into your energy, I love... I love talking about my energy. (laughs) Who Who are we channeling here? Rain. Who's our queen? Rain. 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 I love saying if someone's shitting on my fucking energy, then... They're out of my life. And I, maybe I'm a bit harsh in that sense. And I love Heva's approach of having conversations. But just to give another approach is you could just not have them in your life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you don't want to have the conversation, if someone's calling you selfish and self-centered, you can just say, you know what? Adios, amigo. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I have cut out a lot of friends from my life especially in the past few years as I've been doing more and more self-work. A lot of them just kind of, they didn't fit into my life anymore. Some I realized were narcissistic, took up space, you know, various things. I'm going to tell a story about friendship breakups. The same friend who would call me self-centered and stuff. She, uh, so in the fall, I found out that I was potentially a match for someone to get uh, to give bone marrow to them. I had been on the bone marrow registry for many years because this friend, we're going to call her Penny, her husband's friend 
had a leukemia and they came to DC back when I lived in DC to visit him. And they were telling me about the bone marrow transplant that he got from one of his parents. Um, so that really inspired me to get on the bone marrow registry because it's extremely rare to find a bone marrow match. Sometimes even your family isn't a match. Uh, it's really extremely rare to be a match for someone randomly, but the more people they have on the registry, the better. Quick plug, join the bone marrow registry. Anyway, so I found out I was a match for someone And she was, Penny was one of the first people I wanted to tell because it was because of her that I was even on the bone marrow registry. I thought she'd be like so touched. And so I tell her and she was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. But again, I mean, for the past eight years, she's consistently had attitude towards me. Like I know there's something about me that in my life that triggers her. So, you know, I think I said something else and she's like, "Mm, yeah, cool. Anyway. And so later I was like, you know what? Like it really sat poorly with me. I was like, why the fuck was she being like just so dismissive and uninterested? Like it was almost, it's rude. Yeah. It almost seems like it bothered her. You're Donating fucking bone marrow to a stranger. Which, by the way, is like a highly invasive and highly painful procedure. And it's like a huge sacrifice to make. Like, not saying that I'm Mother Teresa, but like Mother Teresa adjacent, I would say. Yes, a modern day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a modern day mother. I, when you told me, I've literally told everyone. I mean, I don't feel comfortable donating my used clothes to people. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're donating bone marrow. I told Mr. B, I told my dad. I was like borderline going to post a story about it to Instagram, like to not even to not even be like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Like, good for you. I mean, how many times have you congratulates our friends for shit we don't give a fuck about meanwhile you're like sacrificing your life I'm being a little dramatic but that's fine you practically are and she's like doesn't give a shit that's fucking rude yeah it was it was highly unsavory so I'm like okay I'm gonna have a little conversation with about this with her and I should have known from my past experiences having conversations with her that it would go really fucking poorly but (laughs) here I am naive bright-eyed and bushy-tailed being like friend be nice to me honey be nice to me and so I'm like hey um you know, earlier today when I told you about the bone marrow, I was a little bummed by your reaction. It just felt to me like you didn't care or were even borderline annoyed or something. I'm just a little confused. And, you know, I understand if you have things going on, I just wanted to voice it to you so I don't hold on to the resentment and, you know, it doesn't become a bigger thing. Almost verbatim what I said. She turns around and goes, how dare you throw it on me because I didn't respond to you right away, which, by the way, was not what I said. She actually did respond right away. So I have no idea where that even came from, which brings me to one quick other communication thing repeat back to people what you think they said. She could have been like, oh, so you're saying you were upset because I didn't respond right away? And I would have been like, no, 
that's not what I was upset about. You actually did respond right away. I was upset by the manner in which she responded. And then maybe the conversation would have gone better. But instead, she's like, you're such a narcissist. You're so egotistical. You're so selfish. You're so self-centered. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm donating my bone marrow. Like selfish is, I think, the last word that applies to me today. But okay. So anyway, after that, I decided... I didn't decide to like cut her out entirely. I'm not going to engage with her anymore. Like if she reaches out to me, I'll respond and I'll be cordial and I'll be nice, but I'm not going to give her any more of my own energy anymore. And the minute that I made that decision, I'm not even joking. All of these events happened within a week of that decision. I got a lease on this sick New York City apartment. I mean, sick. I found a boyfriend. I mean, we've broken up since then. But hey, like it was the first guy I was into that seemed real in a long time. I got all this stuff for my herb business that I literally had. It was like pulling teeth for six months all of a sudden came together that week and that was the week when Tiffany and I were finally able to start recording this podcast there were all these issues with mics and equipment and this and that and it was that week that all of these things in my life that I'd been wanting came together and listen this might be a tiny bit woo woo whatever but just hear me when someone is taking up that much energetic space in your life there just isn't space for the magic to come through. Like there was so much of my energy was being wasted on constantly trying to please her and keep her happy and like doing the things that was so she doesn't get angry and she doesn't get mean and she doesn't lash out. So much of my energy was wasted on dog paddling towards her. And the instant that I made the decision to stop doing that, it just all this space opened up for all of these things to come flowing into my life. I love that. And it kind of goes back to everything that we have talked about. When someone is being emotionally draining, when someone isn't respecting your boundaries, when someone is consistently failing to show up in times when you need them, especially if you need them in a very rational, healthy way, when they're not open to having constructive adult conversations, the one thing, the main thing that they're doing is they are emotionally draining you when all these red flags are going down. And if they're emotionally draining you, you are setting up blocks in your life without even realizing it. So good things are not coming in because you're blocking them from coming in because you're so wound up and focused and all this other bullshit you're dealing with. Yes. Yes. Beautifully said. And when you allow that to continue, really, you become a toxic friend to yourself. Yep. And as we said, that is the most important relationship in your life. It really is. And you know, we've all make mistakes, right? I admitted to something I did to a friend that I'm extremely embarrassed about. It's not something I'm proud of. I would never do it again. But, you know, and our friends are going to make mistakes, right? And it's okay to forgive. It's okay to move past things. But if if it's reaching a level where it is toxic, you need to take out the fucking scissors and cut that shit out. Mm. And I mean, 
I think you should try setting boundaries first. I think you should try communication. But when these things fail, there really is no other option. You have to put yourself first. And believe me, when you do that, the universe will reward you with people who are more aligned with you. Yes. I have very, very few close friends and I actually prefer it that way. And I always say this to women that are younger than me. I really genuinely think when it comes to friendships, it's so much more about quality than quantity. Mm-hmm. Like have, even if it's like, I have probably three really close friends and actually none of them live in the city that I live in. And that's really tough. But when I see them, it's such better time spent because we're traveling like we have like one week to just hang out to just spend time together and I love that so much more because girls trips and spending time with your girls is so great when it's great yeah yeah it's the best I mean like Tiffany and my friendship not to brag (laughs) (laughs) it's so good we have so much fucking fun when we're around each other we get each other's sense of humor and we can bounce off of each other like it's just a non-stop fun show when we're together yes a fun show fun show and the shit show (laughs) yeah it's so much fun And a peace show. If you listened to last episode, you know everything that we're referencing right now. But yeah, it's so much fun. And I love having those times. I can't wait until we can like go out and see each other and this shit is fucking over. But those those times are so important and they're so meaningful. So if you're dealing with bullshit, then it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's not. Make space in your life for friendships like this stop being friends with the pennies of the world who (laughs) are gonna call you selfish and you know make room trim the fat so there's room for better things our friendship really is goals (laughs) It it really is if you can start a podcast with your friend and work with them which i never have done before and it just works and flows then that's like a real fucking friendship and that kind of friendship you should protect at all costs yeah one thousand percent on that point we're so excited to announce our giveaway so as you've heard over the past two episodes which honestly some people might call a little self-indulgent but i don't (laughs) give a fuck (laughs) tiffany and i have been friends for many many years there are some beautiful photos of us throughout the years. No. Did you find pictures? Where are they? I'm fucking burning them. No, no, it's not the scarf photos. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) Scarf photos, by the way, is a callback to last episode, episode nine. Go listen to that for scarf shenanigans. No, well... If you screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag a blush pod, we'll enter you into a giveaway and the winner will send one photo of the two of us from back in the day. Oh my God. I'm going to have to go into like Facetune and change myself (laughs) to match what I look like now because it is nothing what I look like now. Which I photo? Really don't look th- I don't know. I don't have a specific one in mind. I'll run it over with you. I'll pick one okay. where I look really bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't care. You will send a heavily photoshopped. You will get a heavily photoshopped 
picture of Heva and I from what 2006 yeah yeah Oof. all right well that's this week's giveaway I hope you guys like it <laughs> and thank you so much for listening we love you guys love you guys and if you haven't listened to episode nine yet for a little bit of background into our friendship go back now it complements this one really nicely it does it's really really beautiful and fucked up (laughs) have a good week bye